Hello and welcome to another episode of Elevate Your Grind. Uh, we have been doing these a lot live at 2 p.m. every day. Um, we've got some great guests that, that want to give you some awesome information about what's going on in cannabis. Not only what's going on in cannabis here in Florida, but around the country and beyond just the medical marijuana side of things, but the CBD and hemp side of things as well. Uh, tomorrow, we're going live again at 2 p.m. So that'll be Friday at 2 p.m. with Rosie Mateo should be an excellent conversation on how to market your company as well as PR relations. Please tune in with us tomorrow at 2 p.m. Today, I have an amazing guest. He, to me, is the reason why it's so important to legalize cannabis for what he does for the industry, right? Um, If anybody knows anything about the black market, there's Listen, we all get our products the way that we used to get them, but there's a lot of bad things that can go into this plant. And there's a lot of things that when it's not done correctly can be very harmful to you. And for those of us in the industry that are trying to protect this plant and make sure that it has its best foot forward, guys like my guest are pertinent to our industry. So today I am proud to welcome our guest, the co-founder and president of ACS Laboratories, Roger Brown. Thank you, Todd. Pleasure to be here. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me. So, so Roger, this is 100%. I'm very interested to have this conversation with you because I think lab testing is the most important part of our industry, whether it's going to be uh, medical marijuana, whether it's eventually adult use, recreational, whatever you want to call it, and then including what kind of started out as the Wild West in CBD hemp. Now, one of the things that I noticed when I, when I dug into your background is you founded ACS in 2008. Was the original intention to get into the cannabis space or were you guys doing other um, lab type testing for other industries, pharmaceuticals, healthcare, something else? Our laboratory is actually a uh, clinical laboratory and uh, we perform testing at a much higher level uh, being a CLIA certified laboratory. We started out in 2008 in uh, toxicology and uh, it's testing people for the presence of uh, narcotics and illicit drugs, how odd that is. Uh, but we started doing that and still continue to do that uh, on a minor note today and uh, got into cannabis as it started expanding in uh, California and started it about three, three and a half years ago and um, started testing in Florida, marijuana and now test hemp from uh, 41 states across the uh, country. And uh, it's been an interesting uh, experience in an ever-changing marketplace and an ever-changing dynamic in the industry. Yeah, that's incredible from going from how you started to to test, ultimately testing cannabis products for safety. Um, You know, what led you guys down that path to make that decision to bring on cannabis into your labs, considering what you were doing before. And then honestly, to kind of pivot to, from based on the comment, I'm going to make the assumption that the cannabis and CBD side of, of your business seems to be the primary, uh, you know, the primary focus right now. It's our primary focus today uh, because it's such a rapidly growing business. Uh, of course, hemp just got approved in uh, December of uh, 18. And last year was the first year that uh, federally legal in the U.S. But marijuana, we've had medical marijuana in the state of Florida and in, I think, 30-some-odd states around the country as well. Uh, But marijuana we got into because it was a a friend of mine had asked me to test 
some marijuana and we got into it very early on when the licenses were just starting to be issued. And it was a different channel of revenue for us to be able to explore. And from a scientific standpoint, it's, it's very exciting because we do everything ourselves. You know, as a clinical laboratory, we do all our own method development, all our own experimental work. We do everything ourselves rather than depend on instrument manufacturers to provide us with uh, methodologies to be able to do the testing. So everything we've done, we've done on our own from scratch. And it's been a real fun and exciting ride. We, we've got to know a lot of really interesting people. And, uh, you know, the cannabis space, as you well know, is a very uh, unique uh, space. And it's very different than clinical laboratory. Um, so clinical laboratory is very rote in the way in which we do things and bring those, that level of expertise to uh, cannabis has really been a lot of fun, actually. I'm sure it is. And I can imagine it was a little bit harder going down the cannabis path just because of the regulations involved with it. So when you guys decided to start getting involved more so in the cannabis space, were there changes that needed to be made to the building, the business in general, the processes, just the way that you guys operate to be able to take on this plant and, and you know, the regulations associated with it? Well, a lot of the work that we were doing on, a, on the clinical side got translated into cannabis. Uh, you have to follow protocols, procedures, uh, policies uh, to be able to test all the different contaminants and uh, being able to test them to be able to protect the public to make sure that they're getting a, a medicine that is safe for human consumption is really the primary goal, of course, not only for us, but for the growers as well. But we didn't have to change that much other than developing the processes, which is a very manual process. And our prior process was very automated. So the manual processes have been uh, you know, a, a whole learning experience for us as well. The huge change for us was banking, of course. You know, we did banking with uh, our general bank, and then, of course, they shut us off. Uh, once they found out that we were doing some, uh, taking in some marijuana money. But we oh, solved oh. issues today and, and we've gotten past those. I, I can only imagine those were the issues. So, you know, the, the thing that I really like about you is this definitely isn't your, your first ro rodeo. It's maybe your fourth, fifth, or sixth rodeo, right? Um, so, you know, digging into your background a little, you, you are a serial, serial entrepreneur. You've done this dance a few times, you've had other companies. Um, mainly in healthcare, which I thought was really cool because looking at your education, you know, you're not a doctor. Um, I, I saw that you graduated, graduated from UF and you had a lot of healthcare focused companies. And I'm guessing, you know, I know one of them was kind of in the agriculture space, with the, uh, the food additive company, but I'm guessing there was a healthcare aspect to that as well. Um, what led you down this healthcare path? To eventually, I mean, because to me, it's the perfect background to be doing what you're doing at ACS, considering the medical side of cannabis. I, I've been in the healthcare space for basically 35 years. Um, I've owned physicians groups. I've taught surgical techniques in surgery. I've been around hospitals, physicians, doctors, uh, all my uh, professional life. And healthcare is really the realm of which I've uh, traditionally been in business. But this is also healthcare as well, because uh, marijuana is medicine in the state of Florida. So 
Uh, that's why also why we were deemed as an essential business in the state of Florida during the COVID-19 problem uh, pandemic that we're going through. We, the patients have to get their medicine. So we were deemed an essential uh, business. Sure. Talk to us about, which is awesome. I'm glad that we were deemed an essential business and I'm glad that they didn't cut out any parts of the supply chain during, uh, for that, right? You know, there could have probably been some kind of work around that, hey, we've got to get the, we've got to get product in patients' hands. So lighten up testing and everything else. I think it's great that, you know, that didn't happen. Talk to us about how this testing process works, because I'm sure a lot of people would like to know exactly how their products being evaluated to, to ensure that it's safe for them. So, you know, I read that you guys work with about 10 of the companies here in the state of Florida. You know, how, what does that testing process do? Are you going to them to get the product? Are they coming to you? I'm just really interested in, in how it all works. There's two different processes, uh, one for marijuana and one for hemp. So first of all, ACS Laboratory is the largest cannabis and hemp testing laboratory in the eastern half of the United States. We have a 17,500 square foot facility just south of Tampa, and we have about 120 employees uh, in the company today. And uh, we have a pretty sophisticated uh, laboratory. We have a fleet of vehicles that go out and visit growers uh, almost on a daily basis, and we collect samples uh, from them, uh, research and development samples, and also compliance samples. We transport them back to the laboratory uh, in our vehicles, and uh, then we perform the testing. Uh, typically, our testing takes between two to five days uh, to turn around our results. We test for uh, potency, which is the different cannabinoids. We test uh, 11 cannabinoids or 16 cannabinoids, and we're about to introduce our 17th uh, cannabinoid, wow. a newly, um, newly found cannabinoid. And so we test for potency, pesticides. In the state of Florida, we test for 67 pesticides, uh, mold, mildew, mycotoxins, uh, microbiology, uh, heavy metals, residual solvents, uh, you know, so we do all of that testing to be able to make sure that it's safe uh, for uh, human consumption. That That's awesome. And I think that's exactly what's needed in this industry, right? Um, you know, do you, listen, I, I know you guys do a great job. Do you have any horror stories or anything that, you know, that you guys were able to catch Um just going through this process, right? Like I know in the black market, um, they talk about some of these illegal grows, they have pesticides on them that are so strong that humans can't even touch it for three days after, after it's spraying on the plants. Was there ever an instance where, you know, you were collecting from a grower and maybe they were putting something on the plant that was harmful and they didn't know or, or anything that you guys, anything major that you guys have caught in the meantime, or are we just doing a great job here in Florida? Uh, actually, we are doing a great job here in Florida. A lot of the growers are doing a very good job in growing. Many of them, uh, probably most of them, are growing uh, without pesticides. Just about every one of them is growing indoors, some in greenhouses. Uh, the biggest issue that we have in Florida is humidity and mm -hmm. uh, microbiology uh, issues. But many of them have overcome uh, those microbiological uh, issues. The state of Florida is governed by the Office of Medical Marijuana Use. Uh, 
and Office of Medical Marijuana Use, the OMMU, has promulgated rules in the state of Florida that are the most strict rules in the entire United States uh, for cannabis. So anybody, and, and I say this to people that, that don't have medical marijuana cards that are cannabis users, get a medical marijuana card. Does anybody that really buys in the black market, I think it's kind of a foolish decision. Because uh, if you go to a dispensary and you buy in a dispensary, you know that product is tested and you know it's tested safe. So to buy in the black market is, you might, you might save a few dollars, you might not. Uh, but either way, you're kind of playing Russian roulette and, um, and taking a chance on the quality of the product. Uh, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, you know, I, I try to cite things in my life. I listened to a Joe Rogan podcast, a guy named John Norris, and that's exactly where I learned that. They were talking about the illegal grows that they're finding on public land and the things that you're putting in. And you don't think about it when you're buying it on the black market, right? You're just thinking, oh, this is the product. It looks safe, smells good. I'm going to consume it. But when you're putting it in, when you're A, you're igniting it, you're putting it into your body, the types of damage it can do, it's, it's incredible, um, which is 100% why I agree with you. I think everybody who is a cannabis user in this state should go for the medical card because you know what you're consuming is safe. You know it's not going to harm you, um, especially when you're putting it into your body. So I, on that note, you know, when the vape crisis hit, I read that you guys were one of the first or, or only people to start testing for the vitamin E acetate. Um, were there anything else that you guys were seeing during the vape crisis that was a little concerning? Um, you know, I know, I, I know you even had mentioned, even if you're buying high end oil, but they put it in a crappy cartridge that it could be contaminated. And let's be honest, there probably were some people out there on the black or gray market that made a quality product, but they were skimping on the, on the hardware, right? There's um, several of the growers actually were really quick uh, to jump on it. And we developed uh, the test to do uh, vitamin E acetate very, very quickly. And then we sent it out to all the different growers to let them know that we could do it. And we were receiving samples right away. And many of the growers were really, really diligent about it and uh, following up on what they were testing. And then uh, you come to find out that maybe some of the ingredients that you're putting into the product might not be the best ingredients. And some of the growers were pretty quick to uh, change the way in which they um, would be the additives that they put into the, uh, into the vape cartridges. And then the, and then the glass that's used in the vape cartridge actually can leach heavy metals into the product. So the quality of the glass and the quality of the product that they use to be able to carry as a vessel to carry the, um, the oil, is something that's really, really important. So you want to make sure that that's done. And then separately from that, we also do something that's called uh, shelf life and stability testing. So we do uh, six months, uh, 12 months, 24 months, 36 months shelf life and stability testing where we put these vape cartridges or and other, and or other products in their full finished packaging in this stability chamber, shelf life and stability chamber. And then we do calculations uh, based upon uh, what the accelerated time frame is to be able to determine what happens to that product in 90 days, uh, six months, a year, two years. And more and more, the growers have been starting to do those shelf life and stability tests because they want to see what happens to the product in a high humidity, 
situation or in a heat situation and what the influences of those outside uh, of those outside influences are on the product. That that's really interesting. So I was talking to John Robbins of Ackerman yesterday, and we were talking about CBD in general and how it's being tested and regulated. Um, unfortunately, it didn't make it to Facebook Live. We were having issues yesterday. That's another conversation. Is there issues with CBD and hemp where the potency is going to change over time and essentially give you different testing results? Right. So depending on how long your supply chain is, that you could get you know, different results down the way that may not match what were originally tested. Is this an issue you're seeing or is that just kind of like a a myth floating around the industry? Sometimes it does happen. Uh, Sometimes the product changes. Uh, It really all depends on the quality of the product and the quality of the materials and the vessels that it's carried in. Uh, There is some degradation over time, but it's more the additives uh, to the product that make the change of the product. So the better the quality of the carrier oil uh, in a vape cartridge or uh, the extraction process that's been performed. A lot of that has influences on what goes on on a future basis, but they're all different. And uh, many of the growers have really overcome a lot of those issues. But um, when you look at the degradation of the product, the product degradates in different manners. Uh, over the period of, uh, shelf, of the shelf life and stability testing. Got it. No, that, that's interesting. It was just not something that I had thought about just when thinking about the supply chain process and thinking about the shelf life of these products. So it's great that you guys are testing for that, um, for sure. Um, you know, I wanted to kind of talk about, are there different processes that you guys go through when you're testing medical marijuana versus testing CBD and hemp? And the reason that I ask is, listen, you guys have done a great job in Florida. You're working with 10 companies. Uh, In any other state, that wouldn't sound as good. But when you think about it, we only have 14 or 15 that are actually operating here. So you guys are doing a great job. Um, you know, is there a different process? Because I'm assuming most of your clients are going to be coming on the CBD and hemp side, considering you can test nationally for that. Yeah, the, the process of testing uh, is actually pretty similar. Uh, it's not very different. Uh, the Florida Department of Agriculture set, set apart rules, put out rules and uh, promulgated the rules. And they're very strict rules. It's probably the strict it is the most strict uh in the whole united states so uh the benefit to that is that if you are selling a hemp-based product and you want to sell it on a national basis you want to test it in florida so like we'll test for 67 pesticides and 21 residual solvents uh and if you've got a vape cartridge that you're selling whether it's if it's a hemp cartridge and you test it in massachusetts as an example Massachusetts is only testing for nine pesticides and five residual solvents. Well, that product is not, doesn't qualify to sell in the state of Florida, according to the Florida Department of Agriculture. So that product could be contaminated. Uh, It actually doesn't even qualify to, to sell in the state of California either. So every state has a little bit of a different requirement. And uh, California requires 66 pesticides, Florida 67, uh, Colorado somewhere in the 30s, and uh, Massachusetts is probably the lowest. I mean, nine pesticides is all they test for. 
So, uh, you know, a certificate of analysis, a COA for a product is not necessarily the equivocable to another COA uh, from another laboratory. So if you're going to sell hemp products, you want to have it tested in Florida. And that's why 41 or companies from 41 different states send their product to uh, us in Florida. That that's absolutely awesome. And, you know, I think that you guys probably get a ton of knowledge just being able to work with the type of clients that you, you are. So to educate people out there, and this is something that's interesting to me, um, you know, most of the companies that are operating in this state from a hemp and CBD standpoint, they're white labeling it, right? Because you haven't been able to grow hemp in this state until recently, unless, you know, and I talked to Jeremy from Greenpoint, unless you had a university partnership or you got into the pilot program. So most of the CBD hemp companies that we see here in Florida are sourcing it from elsewhere. So let me give you a scenario and and tell me how you would talk to this client. You know, if you're a digital marketer that is sourcing your product um, from Colorado, you're warehousing it here in Florida and then you're selling it nationally, would you recommend that that company have that product, because it was tested in Colorado, retested here in Florida before they sell it? And also, is that a requirement now? It it is a requirement, and it's actually a bit of a different requirement than it would be in Colorado. So if um, if they sold the product in Colorado, their requirements are very different. But in order to sell it in Florida, you have to test the finished product. Finished product has to actually be tested here. Uh, it doesn't have to be tested here, but it has to be tested to the compliance levels uh, of the state of Florida in order to be sold in the state of Florida. And um, uh, California is is by far the biggest state of uh, uh, consumables for uh, cannabis, for marijuana, and for hemp. Uh, and Florida is expected to be the number two state. So it's a pretty significant marketplace here in, uh, in Florida. But if you're, if you're going to sell on a national basis, you want to test to the highest standards because the penalties are just not worth it. It's not worth getting into problems uh, with regulatory agencies uh, that have the ability to be able to penalize you and pull the product off the shelves. It's just better to sell a good product uh, up front. No, it definitely makes sense. And I think, you know, I, I like that all these regulations are coming in because I think it's going to really legitimize our industry. And I think I personally believe that it's going to put good quality product on the shelf, which is going to put the best foot forward for both CBD and medical marijuana, right? I look at I don't want to say I look at this legalization as a probationary period, but there's still a very big stigma around the industry. There's still a stigma around marijuana use, even though it is a lot more widely accepted. And I think the whole, my view of this is the whole country is kind of watching us right now and saying, all right, we'll let you have it. Let's see what you do with it. And I think, you know, having companies like yours that are making sure that we're putting our best foot forward are are extremely important. Um, So I thank you for that, for sure. Now, kind of transitioning, you know, I think it's incredible what you guys are doing. You're working very deeply with the cannabis companies as well as the CBD and hemp companies, and you get a lot of information. For the clients that work with ACS Laboratories, is there, you know, are you able to share best practices and kind of share mistakes that other people have made? Because that's where I see the advantage of working with someone like you is the knowledge base that you all would have. 
Well, we have a we have a highly communicative relationship with uh, a couple of other laboratories in the state of Florida, uh, and in la- with laboratories outside of the state of Florida. And we don't have a problem with sharing information. Uh, science is something that's really meant to be shared. It's, there's no there's no big secret uh, that's out there. Uh, it, there's a difference in the way in which people process uh, samples and in which the way you test samples. Uh, maybe methodologies might be a little bit different, but uh, there's not any extreme secrets out there. Uh, I just think that we're probably one of the best at it. Uh, and we're very scientifically driven because we're a clinical laboratory. We're also DEA licensed, and, and one of, that is one of the requirements for uh, the USDA for hemp is to be DEA licensed. And there's only two laboratories in the state of Florida that are DEA licensed that test hemp. And uh, the other laboratories that do test hemp are not DEA licensed. And uh, we test for many different factions. I mean, we, we even test for law enforcement and they'll only test with us because we have um, a, a DEA license. So from the, from the cannabis standpoint, from the cannabis standpoint, I think that science is something that we share with our clients. Um, to give you a simple example, uh, if we have a client that wants to do testing on site, we encourage that. We think it's a great idea for you to do testing on site for cannabinoids and potency levels and THC and CBD levels uh, on, on site at the grow facility. Um, if we have a client that wants to do that testing, we will share our technology with them and give it to them and teach them and train them how to perform that testing. And there are other laboratories that think it's a, it's like the secret sauce. It's not the secret sauce. I think it's meant to be shared. And I think it's good to be able to do uh, that type of business with cannabis growers, with marijuana growers, and also with uh, hemp companies. I mean, we deal with a lot of really big blue chip uh, hemp companies uh, in other states. I mean, why, if you think about it, why would a company in Colorado, where they have laboratories right down the block, send their samples to us in Florida? Well, why would somebody from the state of Washington, Oregon, send their samples to us in Florida? I mean, there's there's a reason for that, and the reason is that we're dependable, that our results are accurate and they're reproducible and they're dependable. It's not results that are being done by uh, somebody who's you know just starting out in the business and really doesn't understand how to operate a um, you know a high performance liquid chromatograph with a tandem mass spectrometer I mean it's a, it's a, it's a <laughs> but it's it's a very complicated piece of equipment I, I think there are people who may not even be able to pronounce that word nonetheless be able to operate one um, especially some of the people that we've seen playing in, in this space. Um, I, I think it's great. In, uh, do you believe that these standards are really going to kind of accelerate Florida as one of the leading producers of hemp and CBD in the country? I mean, you know, if you're putting, if you have the highest quality standards, I imagine that's going to put some of the best quality product out there too. Um, you know, and to the point, to your point that you have growers and, and facilitators from other states, I think you said 41 different states sending it to you here in Florida. Um, you know, now that we've passed the regulations, are we going to hopefully come out as a leader in this space? 
Um, we're definitely going to come out as a leader in the space from a testing perspective, because as the industry, as the hemp industry evolves, there's going to be a culling of businesses that are not doing business the right way and not producing products that are safe uh, for consumers and that are not quality products. And I think it's just going to simply uh, accelerate. And I'll give you a really great example. This is a very educated uh, consumer base. So when you buy marijuana or you buy hemp, these, these consumers want to see the certificate of analysis. They want to see what's in the product. They, don't, they yeah. want to see what, pro- what is in that product and how it's affecting them. But when you think about it, you know, the future is all going to be about trusted brands. So once I look at uh, the certificate of analysis and I get used to that brand of product, I'm going to trust that their product is going to be good. Uh, how many times do you go into the grocery store and you walk down the soup aisle and you pick up a can of Campbell's soup and you look at the can and you say, oh, there's this much carbohydrates in here. There's this much sodium in here. and I don't believe it. I want to see the certificate of analysis. Well, it doesn't really happen because yeah. Campbell's soup is a trusted brand. And I think that that's the way that this whole marijuana and hemp marketplace is going to go all about trusted brands. I like this dispensary. I like this brand of product. I'm going to stick with it. I like this hemp product. I'm going to stick with it. It, These terpenes are good for me. Uh, You know, the way in which it interacts with each individual person and the level of trust that you develop in the product. And that's the future. That's really the future. A hundred percent. Trusted brands are, are definitely the future. And, and, you know, I think Florida will make its way uh, towards that. Um, and I think we're already seeing it with some of the companies that have led the charge. Um, you know, you had mentioned two things that I want to touch on a little bit. You had mentioned terpenes um, and you had, you know, a few, a few questions ago, you had mentioned R&D samples. Um, so you guys are not just testing strictly for compliance purposes and strictly just for um, health reasons. Listen, we want to make sure everything's clean and pesticides free and, and free of everything else. But I'm making the assumption that you guys also help these uh, help these growers test when they're doing R and D and they're trying to come up with new products to figure, you know, to essentially confirm their thesis about the products that they're trying to put out there and what what it contains in the potency. Correct. There's there's two different components to R and D. So, yes, you're correct on uh, developing of new products. They need to test it. Uh, and most of the growers have the ability to do uh, potency testing, but they don't have the ability to do um, heavy metals or terpenes or, uh, you know, any pesticide testing, pesticide being the most difficult uh, of the testing. Plus, we have additional testing that we do that nobody else does. We do uh, micronutrient testing. We do flavonoids. We do plant uh, growth generators. But when you're manufacturing a product, and if you think about the process of it, you grow a plant, you harvest the plant, you may extract it, you may sell the flower. However you go through the whole process of uh, manufacturing the product, the last part is packaging the product and sealing the box. That's the most expensive part. The packaging and 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 the shrink wrapping and the labeling is all the most expensive part. Well, no competent, responsible, 
grower and seller of product is going to package their product and spend all that money uh, without knowing that what they're putting in the package is going to meet the requirements and the label requirements. So from an R&D perspective, we do testing along the way of the manufacturing to be able to make sure that what they're what they're going to package is a safe product. And then in the state of Florida, we're required to test finished packaging. So then we have to test it again in the finished packaging, which is your compliance test that's sent to the OMMU or to FDAX, the Florida Department of Agriculture, to be able to do the compliance testing. And from a hemp perspective, on the hemp side, if you're a farmer, and this is an agricultural state, so as an agricultural state, the, uh, a lot of farmers which just started applying for permits uh, three days ago, uh, just opened up, uh, they're going to be growing hemp. And hemp is a net accumulator, which means that everything that's bad that's in the soil, everything that's good is in the soil, gets absorbed into the plant. But everything that's bad in the soil gets absorbed into the plant too, like uh, uh, heavy metals and pesticides and, and, and so forth. So you want to make sure that you have a clean product and you have to test the product along the way to be able to make sure that you're not above that 0.3 level of uh, THC. Because the only reason why THC is developed in a hemp plant is because the plant is being stressed. It's the complete opposite of growing grapes for wine. With grapes for wine, you want to stress the plant. Uh, and that's how you get the best uh, quality of uh, grape. And in the hemp side, you don't want to stress the plant. And you want to be able to make sure that it, that it is accumulating from the soil, uh, but you want to make sure that it doesn't accumulate to the level where it could, be, uh, could have contaminants. And that's why we do the R&D testing along the way and then the compliance testing. Uh, after. And, and I'm sure that type of information is, is invaluable to your clients. Um, you know, if, if you have somebody and you happen to notice during their testing that they're having a reoccurring problem, whether it's microbials or mold or, or you know, in the hemp space that their, their tests are, are coming up hot, are you able to make recommendations or potentially give them suggestions on what the root of the problem might be? We do that all the time. Uh, we go to uh, growers, uh, we go to marijuana growers and we help them. Uh, with some of the analysis of what's going on. We go to hemp. We've, we've met with uh, hemp farmers. I've stood in the fields here in Florida and talked to hemp farmers. Uh, you know, of course, you have to dress appropriately. But I've uh, <laughs> stood in the fields and, and spoke to hemp farmers about what it is they're doing. I Before the COVID-19 came on, I actually traveled around and lectured uh, on hemp uh, testing and how they need to mitigate their uh, their losses because the last thing you want is to be able to uh, test hot and then have the entire um, the entire acreage that you've planted to be wiped out. So there's a lot of strategy in in working within the rules and the regulations to be able to make sure that you can uh, mitigate your losses and and not have a crop loss. It, 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 people don't realize how sensitive this plant is and, and how 
easy that it is to lose a crop, right? Depending on a little issue or, or in the hemp CBD space on if it tests hot or not. Um, you know, it's great that you're putting the information out there. Now you also, you also work with hemp growers. I believe you founded one of the, the, um, hemp associations here in Florida is the hemp industry association, or am I getting that? I think I'm getting it backwards. I'm one of the board members of the Hemp Industry Association of Florida. I think it's a uh, quality organization uh, run by some really quality people that want to be able to get information out into the marketplace and to the farmers uh, in an appropriate and in, in a legitimate manner. So that's why I joined them. Very cool. I, I can only imagine the amount that you contribute given what you know. Um, it's it's got to be awesome having a front row seat to see the development of this industry and see the development um, of, of multiple industries across the country. You know, when you guys, what's the level of sophistication that you're seeing now versus when you first started testing cannabis products and CBD products through ACS? I mean, you know, it's got to have just been the, the level of sophistication and the growers and the companies you're working with has got to be exponentially greater now, I imagine, than when you first started. It's like night and day. Um, the marijuana growers uh, were learning at the same pace uh, that we were learning as well. So we all worked together. And when they, many of the growers brought in um, people from out of state to be able to use what use in Florida what they've learned out of state and then they have enhanced that in many different ways when you think about the extraction process of a plant or oil there are many different ways to be able to do the extraction you could do co2 you could do ethanol you could do uh, different types of extraction and everybody has a different way to do it the one thing that I've learned in this industry is that everybody's marijuana is the best marijuana and everybody's hemp is the best hemp. Uh, <laughs> and you just need to roll with uh, those punches and to be able to try and share whatever information that we can to be able to help them to be even better. And we see a lot of things from other growers uh, that they have no problem with sharing, some things that they don't want to share, so we keep it confidential. Uh, but if there's things that they're willing to share, we're willing to share it as well. I think that the goal is to have a better product in the marketplace. Uh, the marijuana products that are in the marketplace, I would tell you are pretty good quality uh, products. The hemp products in the marketplace, we have seen some uh, really fantastic products. Uh, so, and, and I've seen some pretty bad stuff uh, that we've And um, sad to say, but, uh, you know, there was a big, rush into the marketplace. And I think that those that will survive will be the ones that, that quality products that demand brand loyalty. I, I agree with you there for sure. And, you know, as part of the sophistication of this industry, and you just mentioned it, the, the marijuana products that are out there and the, and the, and the hemp CBD products that are out there you know, we've seen the forms of these products evolve in a very short period of time. When most people think about cannabis or medical cannabis, I'm sure they think about flour, um, you know, and there's a ton of hemp CBD flour out there. I think the introduction of CBD to the mainstream kind of brought us into the field of tinctures and other oral consumables. And then the other side of marijuana are edibles. But now because 
I believe that the cannabis companies are targeting the al- the alcohol consumers. Drinks are in the market, right? So I'm assuming there is no universal test for these products. As new products come out, you have to figure out how do we test this product to the same standards that we test the products before it and before that. And I read that you know you are one of the few labs in the country, or at least our region, that's able to test for potency in in beverages. Actually, development of the of new products is one of our specialties. We love uh, developing uh, testing for new products. Beverages is something that's really, really unique. Uh, we're very good at testing beverages. We're very good at testing nanotechnology. We're very good at at determining levels of CBD uh, in uh, products that are out there in the marketplace. I would tell you that a, a funny story is that we tested a water, a CBD water for a company out in California, and we sent them their results and their results were right on target. I mean, really, really good. And then some independent third party uh, entity uh, grabbed that product off the shelf and sent it to a laboratory that had absolutely no clue how to be able to test it. And then they published a fallacious report saying that there was no CBD in the product. Well, I can guarantee you that that product exactly what was on it that was labeled and you know this is this is the kind of stuff that happens all the time whereas if people don't know how to test an edible if they don't know how to test a beverage if they don't know how to test a new product a candy a cookie a cake uh, they really need to leave it to the experts who know how to do it Uh, an example is if you test a, a, a cake as an example, a cake or a cookie, depending on the level of uh, sugars and fats that are in that product, you can use a traditional method of uh, measuring with HPLC UV, ultraviolet light, to test potency levels. You can't do it. You have to use an HPLC tandem mass spectrometer to be able to do it because sugars and fats uh, absorb ultraviolet light. So you're never going to get the right result. And from a nanotechnology, you're never going to get the right result if you don't know how to test it. And that's why we test, you know, waters. We test maybe five or six different water companies. We test, you know, energy drink companies. We test for many different beverage companies. And we like to think of ourselves as the beverage kings. Uh, (laughs) And and, uh, because we have the ability to be able to test those beverages. But if you get a brownie, uh, and the brownie has a lot of sugars and fats, and it's tested traditionally by somebody who really doesn't know what they're doing, and they test it with ultraviolet light, which is the traditional standard method, it's never going to come out with the right results. It's going to be wrong. So on that note, you know, you have people out there that are, are testing, and they don't know how to test it the right way. That could be... A t- to me, it seems like it'd be a big issue for the industry because when you're when compliance is hung up on this testing, when quality is hung up on this testing, basically when someone's product depends on this testing to be able to make the money they need to off this product, and there's no standardized version of testing, that could be particularly bad for the industry in general. You know, is there a way for you all to be able to kind of work with other companies to set a standard method of testing based on the type of product that's out there. Based on what you said, it it seems that it's needed. 
There is a standard for what's supposed to be tested, but how you get there is where the difference is. Um, you're, you're supposed to test for potency, pesticides, microbiology, heavy metals, uh, you know, residual solvents. And you're supposed to get these results within certain action levels and at, in certain quantities. And that's available and it's universal and it's ubiquitous amongst everybody. But how you get there is where the difference is. And we're a clinical laboratory. We have the ability to handle human biological specimens. Clinical laboratory operates at a medical level, a much higher level than a traditional cannabis testing uh, laboratory. So we've brought healthcare standards to the cannabis field. And just like there'll be a culling of uh, CBD companies and a consolidation of uh, companies because the better quality companies or the better will rise to the top, uh, it's going to be the same thing with the uh, laboratories. Those laboratories that are putting out fallacious results, and I, and I know several laboratories that do it and know that they do it uh, and just kind of look the other way, uh, those type of results are, are not going to be standard in the industry in the future, and there's going to be a consolidation. And, uh, and those people that want to put out quality products are going to use a quality laboratory. I, I commend you guys for doing that because I am a big fan of anything that legitimizes our industry, anything that makes it more mainstream, and anything that emphasizes uh, the safety precautions that we're taking in this industry. Um, you know, I think medical cannabis is, is very important to, to our society, and, and what you guys are doing is a very, very extremely important step in that process, especially on the CBD and hemp side because of, of how free everything is there. So I, I can't thank you enough for all of that. Um, you know, you guys get involved heavily in R&D. You get to see a whole lot of cool stuff. Is there anything that you're seeing that we should start to get excited about that, that you're seeing is coming out? I mean, the CBD water sounds great. I'm sure there's a whole lot of a bunch of infused products. Is there anything that's exciting you right now? There are multiple projects uh, that we're working on an R&D basis. I can't disclose what they are, uh, but there's some really cool things that we're working on that I know that nobody else is uh, working on. And um, companies are bringing those projects to us to work on because they know that we're going to be able to do it and do it right. But there's some very interesting stuff that's going to be coming out uh, soon. And I think that there's a lot of creativity in this marketplace and a lot of very unique things. I mean, uh, just recently energy drinks, uh, just came out. I mean, I'm, I can't talk about what's not out yet, but the energy drinks is, you know, it's a lot of caffeine or sugar or whatever the other products are that are in there. If you don't test it right, you won't get the right, the same results. So it's, it's very interesting marketplace that's developing it, it it is interesting and the last thing i want to just ask you is is something that i'm interested in as well we spent most of this time focusing on the products that are essentially consumed by human beings right 
Um, but there is an opportunity for hemp and CBD to be your hemp to be so much more than that in the form of fibers and building materials and everything else. When it comes to using hemp for industrial purposes, are we still going to have the same type of testing requirements um, of the plants and in the supply chain, although it's not going to be consumed by humans? I don't think so. Um, I, I don't think so. And it all depends on how the supply chain functions. Because if the hemp is going to be used for building materials and not for human consumption, it probably won't have to meet the same standards. Um, but I'm just not familiar with that end of the marketplace. Sure. No worries. I, th- I think we, it's, a, it's a very big unknown for a lot of us. Roger, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on this podcast. It is extremely educational. And there's one more thing I want to touch on before I let you go. You know, on your website, it lists your favorite quote as enjoy life. I'm listening to you talk and, and the scientific part of this, you just seem so happy to talk about. You know, you're a very successful guy. I'm sure you're extremely busy. How are you enjoying life? And I know it's a it's an interesting situation to ask that question given the parameters, but you know, how do you enjoy life? Well, right now I'm enjoying life uh, in semi-quarantine. Uh, so with the COVID uh, issue, it's it's obviously a problem, but I do enjoy life. Um, I'm not a scientist. Uh, I know enough about science to make myself dangerous. And uh, I truly enjoy the growth and development of the business. And that's the part that's uh, a lot of fun for me. And if you enjoy it, and if you enjoy growing the business, if you enjoy the science of it, and if you enjoy making clients happy, uh, giving them quality results, then um, it's all going to be good. It's all going to be good. Uh, that's awesome. And I think it's very, very important for people to see that you can, even if you work hard, even if you're really busy and, and you, you know, are successful like Roger, you can enjoy life as long as you're doing what you enjoy. And it sounds like that's something that you've always done and it's why you've been successful. Roger, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you even more so for keeping Florida safe and for putting some of the best or making sure that we get some of the best quality products out there in the country. Um, can't thank you enough. Uh, before we let you go, is there anything that you would like to tell us? Um, where can we find ACS labs? How can people find you? How can they work with you? Um, ACS labs is just South of Tampa, uh, in a lovely city called uh, sun city center. You can find us on the web at ACS labcannabis.com. It's a fantastic website. It has a lot of uh, educational information and links and so forth uh, to be able to explore. And uh, you can find out as much information as you want uh, about our company. Uh, Last thing is I want to say, hi, mom. (laughs) Well, I I hope your mom is is watching this live stream. Um, You know, I don't know how big our audience is. I would actually like to give one more shout out to Masha. Masha, thank you so much for getting this scheduled. Really appreciate it. Um, Folks, that's all we've got for today. I hope you learned as much as I did. Uh, You know, Roger, I look at the comments here and, and every so often we have a bunch of questions, but it looks like you did such a great job explaining it. People are just doing nothing but sending you love. So thank you for that. Uh, Folks, 
That's another episode of Elevate Your Grind. Tune in tomorrow, Friday, 2 p.m. with Rosie Mateo. Also, mark your calendars on May 14th. We're going to have a Meet the Press event. Um, that's going to be at 6 p.m. I believe that is going to be a members-only event. So if you're not a member of C-Lab yet, you like the content that you're seeing, and you want to get to know the folks that are on our show, check us out www.joincelab.com. We've actually opened it up. We have monthly memberships going on. If you're an individual, you can join for $50 a month. If you're a company, you can join for $100 a month. That means anyone in your organization can attend our digital uh, digital events. And then when we get back in person, our, our in-person events. Roger, I, I hope we get the chance to see you when we get back in person. Thank you very much. And we are going to sign off. Thanks, Todd.